Hey there. Thanks for joining us at Risen King Church for our weekly sermon podcast. We pray you meet God and know that you are loved today. Be sure to visit us at risenking.life to take all of your next steps and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Enjoy the message. I just wanted to take a moment and not only introduce our speaker, but just um, to let you know that this week, first of all, let me say this, Pastor Mike is fine. I always need to say that when he's not here. Pastor Mike is good. He's fine. Yes. Praise the Lord. Lisa, fine. Good. Praise the Lord. Um, Their daughter, Anna, though, had a health crisis this week. Um, And so she had to go to the hospital. Her blood sugar was over 500, um, admitted to the ICU. It just feels like, ugh. Um, And so Mike and Lisa flew to Atlanta on Thursday, and we were like, well, who's going to preach? And so I called my dear friend Wanda, and I asked her if she would be willing to preach this weekend. And the awesome thing, this is what she said to me. She said, all week long, the Lord had been downloading a message to her. And she was like, I don't know who it's for or when I'm going to give it. And so when we asked, she was like, ah, it's for Risen King. And so it is my pleasure and privilege to introduce Dr. Wanda Walborn, who is a dear friend, not only of mine and Gabe's, but Mike and Lisa and this church. Uh, She's designed the Empower program, which many of our women have gone through and are continuing to go through. She empowers equips, trains leaders. She's an awesome woman, and I'm excited for you to hear from her this morning. Thank you, you, Ashley. I have a um, stool here to try to sit because I broke my foot at the end of uh, October, but I don't think with this word I can sit very long, but I will try for the sake of my foot. It is a pleasure to be with you. Ron and I have been members here for, I think, at least 15, 17, maybe 20 years. We've now moved to Lyndhurst, New Jersey, as Nyack College moved, and so... Uh, we, I am a faithful live streamer, so hello, live streamers. Um, and so it is just a joy to be with you. As Ashley said, when she asked me, uh, this kept coming back to me during the week. And so, I, and so as soon as she spoke uh, and asked me, um, I knew that this was the, the time and the place. So I'm excited to be here. I want to just pray before we begin. Holy Spirit, Welcome. Thank you for coming, Lord, in the midst of our worship. We do declare indeed that you are the king and that you have no rivals. You have defeated the enemy at the cross and you sit at the right hand of the Father, always living to intercede for us. We do come, Lord Jesus, on behalf of this community and we say no to the enemy and we push back the darkness in Jesus' name. We welcome you here today, Lord, and ask that you would give us some tools and some uh, things, Lord, that we might use against the enemy to advance your kingdom. And we welcome you again in Jesus' name. Amen. On the screen, you will see some people, and I want you to, as you kind of see them, there are key characteristics for each one of them. They all have something in common. And when you see them all, they are all musicians who died very early. They were terrific artists who died with the music still in them. 
I don't know if you can imagine, but I think of what our culture would still be like if we had them, and I'm really not much of a fan of any of their music, but it did help to shape our culture. But see, what's interesting or more tragic than dying with the music still in you is living long and not letting it out, is living long and not using the talents that God has given you, living long and not using the gifts that you have been given, living long but not producing your destiny, living safe and not taking the risks that are a natural part of advancing the kingdom of God. Living long but not using the specific weapons that you have been given to defeat the enemy in your life. So this morning I want to look at how do we live so that we let out the music of our life to advance the kingdom. I want us to read from 2 Corinthians chapter 10. I will read it for you. Mike likes for you all to read. I'll just read it. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. You see, we start by recognizing two things, that one, we do not wage war like the world does, and two, we don't use the weapons the world does. You see, the world wages war by an anything-goes mentality. Someone or some group or some country threatens us and threatens our peace or safety or security, and so we tell them to stop. They don't stop. We sanction them. We take away the benefits that, that they need, that our country is giving them, and eventually they cross the line. Now, hopefully there are going to be peace treaties and talks and negotiations and ambassadors who go, because at any cost we want to avoid war because it's so costly. But that is how the world wages war. Personally, we live in a sue-happy culture that if something happens, I will sue you to get all that I can out of you. Forgive. Why would I forgive when I could make hundreds or possibly thousands of dollars from your insurance company? Because I can just twist the truth a little bit. I cannot tell you the whole story. Whatever I can do to get my own way, I would be willing to do it at any cost. You see, that is the standard of the world. But in the kingdom of God, we wage war by our alignment with King Jesus. You see, once we give our lives to him, our names are written in the Lamb's book of life. But on that day, our name was also written on another list. Our name was written on the hit list of the enemy where we now have become a target that the evil one is going to now turn his attention toward us to get us to stay away from the fullness of our destiny so that we will not walk in our gifts, 
we will not walk in our calling, and we certainly will not use the authority that is granted us as sons and daughters. Because if we do, he knows that we are defeated, that he is defeated. You see, when you enter into a war, it's, in, it's smart to know your enemy. And so we do a lot of defensive war because we know our enemy. But we also need to know the commander of our army. You see, the commander of our army is King Jesus. He has already prepared the way for us, and he has already won the war. As I said in my prayer, when he came and he died, but he rose again and he ascended to the Father and is seated at the right hand of the Father. You see, the world uses anything to win. Politics, philosophies, power, money, lying, cheating, stealing, guilt, shame. It's exhausting, isn't it? Literally anything goes for the world system. Control, manipulation. Whatever works for me is fair. That's the attitude of the world system. But men and women of the kingdom of God fight using the weapons of the fruit of the spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, gentleness, meekness, faith, temperance. Against these, it says in Galatians 5, there is no law. You see, our weapons have divine power. And infused with the power of God, love demolishes strongholds. Perfect love drives out fear, it says in 1 John 4.18. Infused with the power of God, gentleness obliterates strongholds because a soft answer turns away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger in Proverbs 15.1. Through patience, a ruler can be persuaded and a gentle tongue can break a bone. That's a pretty powerful thing. Infused with the power of God, truth sets us free. It says in Psalm 145, the Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. You see, Ephesians 4 tells us, do not give the devil a foothold. Don't give him a place. And that place starts in our thoughts, insecurity, weakness, Our agreement with him gives him a place to latch on. And this is just a foothold, but all footholds eventually will become strongholds. And and strongholds can be good or strongholds can be bad. You see, the war is being waged against our thoughts. And the prisoner of war must be our thoughts. Verse 5 says, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. 
See, there are vain imaginations and speculations and false things that the enemy just tries to twist a little bit. You see, things like offense, hatred, injustice, when those things happen and those are the thoughts that come to us, if we feed those thoughts, the result is dangerous. And oftentimes, because we will either turn on ourselves or turn on one another instead of turning on the enemy. You see, on ourselves, it looks like this. We have self-doubt. Well, who am I to do that? God, do you really want me to go there? Do you really want me to talk to that person? Do you see their attitude? Are you sure I'm the one? We question the source and say, oh, I, I must have just thought that myself. I, I must have just made that up. God would never want me to do that. That person's pretty volatile. No, it is the Lord. Don't question the source. And then, of course, once we conclude it's not the Lord, we will hold back. So self-doubt and questioning can cause us to hold back because the enemy knows that if you stand in who you are, he is defeated. You see, we turn on one another sometimes, our brothers and sisters, when we do get offended by some of the things that they do. We don't take, give them the benefit of the doubt that they're on our side. Maybe they were just having a bad day. Maybe they're just being grumpy. But we jump to vain imagination and speculation that we're going to get fired. Or, or I mean, we go to a weird place very quickly. But you see, the divide starts in our thoughts. And it becomes part of our belief system. And then eventually we will act on it. And so we need to take those thoughts captive from the very beginning and go through a grid of, are they true? Is this the Lord? We need to discern the spirit behind some of those things and take every thought captive to make it obedience to Christ. If it is fear, we need to drive it out. If it's lies, we need to cut them off. If it is anger, we need to get below it to see what's really going on there. If it's aggression or violence or hatred, we need to really ask the Lord, what is going on with me? You see, some people were like, well, don't tell me I shouldn't be afraid or angry or hurt or sad. I'm not telling you how to feel. Your feelings are indeed your feelings, but you need to call your feelings into alignment with the truth of God's word. You see, our thoughts, our feelings follow our thoughts. And so you can call your feelings into alignment. We must work out our soul issues honestly before the Lord because in the place of his presence, he will often address our justification of our offense, and he quickly will put us to order. You see, in Romans 16, 19, it says, the God of peace will soon crush Satan underneath your feet. The peace of God, we welcome him in. Proverbs 21 says, one who is wise can go up against the city of the mighty 
and pull down the strongholds in which they trust. In the name and the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ, there is divine power. When our third daughter, Karis, she's the middle daughter, third child, was three years old, she used to have terrible nightmares every night. Ron and I didn't get sleep, and when you would go in, she would be crying so hard, just like, (laughs) you know, those, you know, that kind of crying, sobbing. And so we would ask her what's going on, and she said, monsters are coming to get me. Monsters are coming to get me. And so Ron and I would pray for her, and she would go back to sleep. We'd always kind of tap each other's foot in the bed to who would go next. Well, this one night, Ron goes, I'm taking care of this once and for all. I thought, oh my gosh, what are you going to do? And so he went in, and and he talked with her, and he came back to bed. I'd rolled over to fall asleep, glad it wasn't my turn. The next night when we put her to bed, we get up the next morning for breakfast, and at breakfast I said, Karis, I'm like, I said to Ron, did you go in with her? He goes, no. So at breakfast I said, Karis, did you not have a bad dream? And she said, oh, I, I did. I had a nightmare, but I did what Daddy told me to do. I said, really? I said, what did daddy tell you to do? She said, he told me that when the monsters come, that I am to put my hand up and to say, in Jesus' name, get out of here. (laughs) So that's what I did. The monsters came. And I sat up in my bed, and I put my hand out, and I said, in Jesus' name, get out of here. And the monster turned around and walked away. And I said, Karis, that is right. You have authority that is in the matchless name of Jesus. Because you belong to him, Satan knows that as his daughter, he must listen to you. You see, in Psalm 8, it says, From the lips of infants and children you have ordained praise to silence the foe and the avenger. It doesn't matter your age, your gender, your ethnicity. It doesn't matter your socioeconomic status, that the power of God is available to all of us who call Jesus our Father to all of us who belong to him, and the enemy must listen. We need to stop letting him talk us into giving away our authority. You see, when you agree with him, it's like you are giving away your authority to him. Your agreement in your thoughts is as if you're saying, okay, go ahead, harass the living daylights out of me, because I just gave you a place to torment, deceive, lie, harass, tempt. And so that is why every thought must be taken captive to make it obedient to Christ. You see, the weapons that we use, in our left hand we have the shield of faith, and in our right hand we have the sword of the Spirit. In 2 Corinthians 6, 7, it says, with weapons of righteousness on the right hand and the left with faith and the word of the Lord, we will defeat the enemy in our lives. But we must use these. You see, the armor of God, there is no armor for the back of us. And that is because the glory of the Lord is our rear guard. 
We do not turn around. We only move forward in the name and the authority of the Lord Jesus. And his glory follows behind us. And since our struggle is not against flesh and blood, we have to recognize that we stay in the spirit and we fight in the spirit. We do not fight the people. You must discern the spirit behind the situation and fight and cut that spirit off. So first we recognize the war and the weapons, and then we figure out how to use all the weapons we've been given. So first, it starts by accepting who we are. We accept who we are. You see, the thumbprint of each of us, as small as that space is, identifies billions of people. We are all identified by that little marking there. We are precious and chosen by the Lord, and there's only one of each of us. Even if you are an identical twin, it's still different, that marking of your thumbprint. You see, there are good works which God prepared in advance for each one of us to do. If we allow the enemy to turn on ourselves and we doubt and we hold back and we don't do what he's asked, those things won't get done in the particular way in which God wanted it done through you. See, he will get his will done on earth. He will advance his kingdom. But there are people, there are circumstances, there are situations, there were things to be pulled down in the heavenlies that you were to do. And that's why each of us must take our place in this war to defeat the enemy. It's very important that each of us receives what is ours to do, but it starts with us surrendering our will to the will of God. See, that is our number one weapon against the enemy is that we are surrendered to the lordship of Jesus Christ. It doesn't sound like much of a weapon to surrender, but see, when you are in line with the winner, when you are aligned with the king, with you are aligned with the one who has all power and all authority, it does something. So the enemy, it's as if you took away all places, all the ground that he could possibly use against you. You just took all of that away by aligning yourself with the Lord Jesus. Gutting it up and trying harder is the world's way. God's way is to surrender your will, your way, your rights, your privileges, your entitlement. Because you deserve it. Lord, I surrender to you. And see, we live in a culture that tells us one thing, but the kingdom of God and the word of God says quite another. You can live in peace. You can live in love. And as you stand in that, your authority increases because you give more room for the Spirit of God to come in as opposed to striving in your flesh to work it out. I read a book, and I go back to this book. It's a little book, but it's called Let Go by Francois Fenelon. And it's all about dying to self. And it's very, very powerful because he keeps like pointing to things in my life, like he's reading me. He's like, let it go, lay it down, lay it down. 
surrender to me. You see, not only do I need to admit and confess my sin, but as we're learning, we need to repent of my sin, to turn from it and head the other way, to not go back. You see, in the first garden called Eden, the first Adam chose independence, and he gave away his authority and lost relationship with the Father. But in the second garden called Gethsemane, the second Adam, Jesus, secured his authority, surrendered and submitted to the will of the Father, and restored opportunity for relationship for all mankind. You see, a prayer of surrender might look like this. In the name and under the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ, I command the enemy to leave this family alone. We come under the covering of the blood of the Lord Jesus, and we surrender voluntarily to the Lordship of Jesus. We open ourselves fully to all that God has for us, our finances, our home, our health, our marriage, our children. We will obey all that God has given us to do. We will say everything he's given us to say. We will go everywhere. We will do everything. We will fearlessly proclaim the gospel. You see, that takes back the ground. And there's something powerful in when we do that, that the enemy shudders because he knows that if we stand in our authority. You see, there was a woman once, the story is told of a witch, and she could see people and see auras about them to see those that belong to Jesus because she saw the light of God around them. She used to be afraid of them until she recognized, oh, I don't need to worry about them. They have no idea what authority they have, and they certainly don't use it. Ah! May it not be so for us, because we are aware of the authority that we have as sons and daughters, and we can put our hand up to the enemy and say, no, in the name and the authority of Jesus, you may not come here. You may not touch my children. You may not touch our finances. You may not touch our health. And we command you to leave us alone, and we welcome the light and the love and the truth of God to come and fill us and fill our home and to equip us with every good thing that you have prepared in advance to us to do, and we will do everything that you say, and we will not shrink back. We will not lose hope. We will go forward in every way. You see, there's something very, very powerful in surrendering to the Lord. Secondly, when we catch our thoughts, as I've already talked about that a little bit, a number of months ago, I guess in the middle of COVID, I was very, very depressed. And <clears throat> I kept thinking, well, it's because I'm shut up. But yet I walked all through the, the two towns around us, three towns actually, Lindhurst, Rutherford, and Nutley. Walked those streets all over the place. And so I was like, Lord, what is, what's going on? And I grabbed my Bible and he said, turn to Ephesians 1. So I turned to Ephesians 1 and I'm looking through there and he says, now, Tell yourself who you really are. And as I went through Ephesians 1, starting in verse 3, well, I am blessed 
with every spiritual blessing. I am chosen in Christ Jesus. I am holy and blameless. I am loved. I have been adopted as a daughter. The praise of his glorious grace has been freely given to me. I am redeemed. I am sealed. And I could feel the depression breaking off as I read out loud and said the very nature of who I am because of who lives inside of me. You see, the truth is what sets us free. The truth is what breaks off what the enemy means for us because he twists it. He is the father of lies, and all he can do is lie. And so that is why the truth powerfully overcomes us when we give ourselves to the Lord. We must call our line, in line our feelings with the truth. And then thirdly, we take action. We take action. It says in Ephesians chapter 6, if you'd go to the next slide, please. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. When we take the helmet of salvation and put on the armor of God, we advance the kingdom and defeat the enemy. And we cannot walk, we cannot do that unless we walk in the gifts given to us and the anointing that is uniquely ours. You see, when my kids were in college, I often would be woken up almost nightly at 3.30 in the morning. And I had such an urgency to pray for them. And I would think, oh my gosh, I hope they're not out right now. But you know, you know how to, you know, kind of, you do that as a mother. And so I began to ask the Lord, how do I pray for them? And of course, I would get a little nervous because I'm thinking, oh my gosh, what are they doing right now? And all this kind of stuff. And it's like, no, that's not why the Lord woke you up for anxiety and for you to stay awake worrying. I woke you up to pray for their safety and their protection and for you to call them back into their destiny. We, you dedicated them to the Lord when they were babies, and you raised them to know and to love me, and now I want you to pray that I will draw them back. I will draw them back. I will draw them back, and that they will each have an encounter with me, that they know it's me, they say yes to me, and then their faith becomes their own. See, you already did your job, but now you can pray that they will say yes to me. They would voluntarily surrender. You see, folks and, and parents, you can't nag your kids into the kingdom, but you can pray them. And that you have done your part, and so now we're going to contend for the promises of God. There are things that you must contend for. They're your kids. Stop giving up and saying, oh, well, well, they're just rebellious. No, no, no. Call them back in to surrender and voluntarily do it. You can pray all sorts of things, and you don't need to even tell them, but pray it before the Lord to call them back into their identity as sons and daughters and into the destiny that he prepared for them before the foundations of the world. 
It says, pray on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests, prayers of command, prayers of binding, prayers of loosing. You see, because there are defensive prayers, but there are also offensive prayers. Intercession in Hebrew is the word paga, which means encounter, where heaven meets earth. And in that place, we're asking the Lord to come and to break through on our behalf. You see, behind the shield of faith, we come against, we cut down, we tear, we bind, and with the sword of the Spirit, we loose. We welcome the light and love and truth of God to fill us, build us up, restore, fulfill his purposes. You see, you got a job to do. Don't think that because you're in, you're just going to make it safely sitting in your seat until heaven comes. you got work to do. This is a war we're in. The war has been won, but the battle rages. And the enemy wants you to turn away and to give up. And so we're going to ask the Father to send his warrior angels to put another circle around us, around that place that it has, it seems like there's an entry point for the enemy. And so we're going to ask the Lord to fortify that, Father. And he fortifies that with our prayers. And he gives you specifically how to do it. Do you know you can also sing your prayers? Again, it says in Psalm 8, from the lips of infant and children, but you can sing them. And there have been times and seasons when you feel down. Will you find those warrior songs and you put those on a loop and play them quietly in your house? They're just on all the time. Because your home belongs to you. And that is your territory where you command the enemy. He cannot enter here. This is a place of rest, of safe harbor, of receiving revelation from the Lord, where we train and equip our children, where we hear from you to go out, then fulfilling your purposes. So when you know that you are, the enemy is coming in, quit saying, yeah, I'm being attacked, I'm being attacked, I'm being attacked. Well, resist. And say no in Jesus' name and get out of here. And then welcome in more of the Lord. His warrior angels to guard, his ministering spirits to give you exactly what you need. See, Father, what is on your heart today? How do you want me to pray? There's so many things I could pray and I love to just sit and listen. The people that can pray the directories, God bless you, but I, I get so overwhelmed by those pages and pages of prayer needs. So I love to sit and say, Father, what's on your heart? What do you already want to do? That's what I want to ask you to do. And people's names I haven't seen in years will come to mind. Or faces, or regions of the country, or regions of the world or different things that will land and feel, the Lord says, pray for this. And then I ask specifically, how do I pray for this? Do I bind? Do I loose? Do I declare? Do I command? And allow the Lord to use those moments to do exactly what he asks you to do. See, he's up to something, and we just want to take his hand and go with him because he is advancing his kingdom. And so we fearlessly Fearlessly join him in that. It says, lastly, fearlessly make known, proclaim the gospel. We proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
after we prayed, we're going to now stand up and do it. And so as we allow the Lord into these places, we surrender, we take our thoughts captive, we go to action and pray, and then we fearlessly proclaim. You see, I've shared a story before about one of my neighbors that I didn't do what God asked me to do. And it, it, it's always bothered me because God set me up in such a good way. See, I know God is setting you up all the time. I know it's at work and it's at the water cooler and at work you're technically not supposed to, and right? But the Lord is the one, I promise you that if you do what he asks, when he asked, because his divine power is flowing through you, and even though it's a simple word, it will break when it needs to break. It will tenderize what it needs to tenderize. It will call people back that need to be called back. It will fulfill the purposes of God, because when his word goes out, it will not return void. It will accomplish what he wants it to accomplish. But see, there's something also very, very powerful about all of this. Yes, it's good that you pray, but there's something about speaking it out. It must be spoken out in Jesus' name, not just thought. Because the enemy knows he need, you need to hear yourself say it, but he needs to hear it as well. Because he wants you to sit back and to either give up or shut up. And so that's why you're not going to give up. You're going to stand up and speak up. Because the things that he's given you to do in love, in joy. See, the world system is going to get angrier and louder. And we're going to get calmer and with more authority. We're going to speak the word of the Lord. And you can speak it gently. But it will break the back of the enemy. Because when God gives it to you, infused with his divine power, it demolishes strongholds. It defeats the vain imaginations and speculations and false things that set themselves up against the knowledge of God. See, because you know him and because you love him, okay, dad wants me to do this. And without, you know, going through all the, again, self-doubt and talking yourself out of it, when your response is, yes, Lord, now we begin to move forward in advancement. And then he comes and does it through you. Does this make sense? So the way I want us to end today, I want to show you how this works. And I want you to stand with me. And I'm going to lead you through a prayer time because before you pray for anybody else, you need to kind of pray for yourself. So I want us to stand. And I want you to repeat after me. And I want you to say it like you mean it. But you can say it however you want. One of the things that has been very, very important to me when we have moved into different homes and we have put oil on the doors and the windows and dedicated our home to the Lord is that there are times, and I do this when I'm by myself, 
I've done it a couple times when Ron's there, but I like to, I call it my personal war plan. And I go before the Lord and I make my declarations of intention. Declarations of intention have a lot of I will statements because they go along with that surrendering to the will of the Father. And so, let me lead you through this. In the name and under the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ, I command the enemy to leave me alone. I come under the covering of the blood of the Lord Jesus. And I surrender voluntarily to his lordship. I open myself fully to all that God has for me. And I will take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. I will be who God says I am as a beloved son or daughter. I will listen for his voice. I will obey everything he gives me to do. I will follow him all my days. I will fearlessly proclaim the gospel. And I will use my weapons to advance the kingdom. You have just taken back all that ground from the enemy in these declarations of what you will do. And know that your know that your enemy prowls around looking for someone to devour, looking for a way in. Don't let him. Don't let him in. Put your hand up and say in the name and the authority of Jesus, get out of here because I belong to Jesus and I have set my mind, my will, my emotions to do everything for him and I will, I will do it. You see, now that you have taken care of that for you, heads of households, you need to do this for your family and together as husband and wife, ask the Lord, what are the things for our family that we need to declare? that we need to set before the Lord and before the enemy for him to hear us. We're focusing on Jesus, but that's why we're saying it out loud, because the enemy can hear your declaration of surrender and intention. And see, elders and staff and pastors of this church, now how do we do this for this body? How do we fight for this body? What are the specific things that we need to declare that we will do, that we will do all that God has given us to do in New City, in Rockland County, in New York, in this place, that we will be a church who preaches the word of God, who fearlessly proclaims the good news of Jesus Christ in every way. I bless you. I bless you that in the ordinary, 
Nothing is nothing is ordinary in the kingdom because the divine power of God comes through you. Will you let out the music of your life and allow his kingdom to be advanced through the melody that is played through your life? Wanda, we thank you for that powerful word in a very specific and anointed season. Um, Church, as God is stirring in your heart, we want to take a moment and just seal what he is doing here. So God, we ask that you would keep your hand over us as we go out. That when we make bold declarations, we declare that it does not come with added attack. God, we go out in peace because that is how your children are known and we carry your kingdom everywhere we go. So God, invite us to bring hope, invite us to bring peace, invite us to bring love, invite us to bring your joy. This is our strength. Amen.